You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. I want to share with you a brief preface to my message, and I've called this um, some reflections. I've been reflecting on this verse of Scripture Paul said this, the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Paul had plans. I have been a planner. My wife thinks I'm a little OCD with my plans. It's really funny. Like, I'll get home from church here today and I'll tell her, it's garbage night tonight, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I'm thinking about it on Sunday morning. I, and uh, I have planned travel. I, I said if this missionary thing doesn't work out, I could become a travel agent because I know all of the ins and outs. I have planned travel. When we lived in Southeast Asia, we were based there. I, we'd travel out. Sometimes I remember two or three years in a row, we traveled between 15 and 17 times a year away from Penang, Malaysia, or Singapore, where we lived. And uh, it takes a lot of planning. And I really love it. I love planning. But the thing about plans are this, is that sometimes they don't come to pass like you were hoping that they would. And that's the difficulty. The Apostle Paul wanted to go to Rome to visit the Christians there and to visit the believers there in Rome. He said in, uh, in, in, this, uh, in the end of Romans 15, he said, I, I, I intend to come to visit you face and see you face to face, and I will go to Spain first. But he never got there. He was arrested. He was imprisoned in Caesarea under Roman rule. Then for two years, he appealed to Caesar. He was, uh, he was transported to Rome by ship. His ship sunk, uh, and he went ashore with, with all those who were marooned and shipwrecked on the island of Crete. While they were there, they lit a fire to warm themselves. A snake came out of the fire, bit Paul. Paul shook it off, and it was a miracle that he didn't die because it was a deadly, viperous, venomous snake. And he did go to Rome, but he was under arrest. And he was later martyred for his faith as as an apostle of God. All of his plans didn't come out to be what he wanted. But he said this in Philippians. He wrote this epistle from prison. And he said, the things that have happened to me, I'm in prison, but the things that have happened to me have turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. And, And... I've had plans. I've been a planner. I, I've talked, and uh, some of you have heard this. Some, some of the, the, the Southview staff have heard this. I, I'm a five-year planner guy, I've, and I morph some of my plans down to two years. I've, ha- I've had some plans that in these past couple of crazy years, they, they haven't happened the way I've wanted them to. But the key is, my prayer is this, for me and for you, whatever happens in our life, Lord, may everything that is happening in our lives turn out for the furtherance of the gospel. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. I've got another story to, to, to attach to that. No time to do that. See me afterwards. I'd love to tell you. The title of what I want to share with you in brevity is this, Insights Concerning Spiritual Harvest. Spiritual Harvest. Spiritual Harvest is really like natural harvest. Several years ago, I mean, so many years ago, I was still single. 
I was working with, um, with an organization called Open Doors International. I was based in Western Europe, in Holland, and we were serving churches under communism, which was then the Iron Curtain. We were smuggling Bibles. We were bringing aid and assistance, visiting pastors. And I was, I was a young guy. But one, one, on one trip I was leading, I was in Romania. I was leading this trip of a team of people. We had a, we had a van full of Bibles destined for Russia. And we saw coming down the road, and cars had to pull over, we saw 10, 12, maybe more, huge grain combines pouring down the street. It, it was a shocking and, and uh, amazing thing to see because we realized that these were going to cut down grain and to, to reap a harvest, a wheat harvest that was coming ripe in Romania at that season. And I, I, was, I immediately got a sermon about this that these combines are going to where the harvest was. And that's what is required concerning harvest. Wherever the harvest is happening, that's where work needs to be done. You see what I'm saying? Now, that's true in your community. It's, it's true in your world. It's true on the mission field. There is a harvest that's happening, and we, we need to uh, take a glimpse of it and see what is happening. So. Here's a few points I'm going to share with you. Number one is this. Christianity is a missionary faith, which God calls us into his service. It's a missionary faith. It means it's a going faith. You know, the Islam is a missionary faith. They believe in going. Remember, I told you, by compulsion, this may happen. But Hinduism and Buddhism is not a missionary faith. It's more of a self-centered, seeking, individualistic faith. But Christianity is give away what you've received. And here I have as a scripture, follow me, Matthew 4, 19. Jesus said these words as he called his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What he was calling them to was a spiritual harvest, just like they were harvesting fish out of the Sea of Galilee. He was calling them to harvest the souls of men, to win them for Christ. Then the last instruction that he gave to his disciples and gave to the church is this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And the corollary is Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to all creation. So, Go and make disciples is our calling. Harvest, harvest instructions from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I heard Pastor Josh say this one time, and, and I've said it too. Think about this. Two-thirds of God is go. I said this in the first service. That only works in English, by the way. You know, for those of you who have missions mind, because in Burmese, you know, God is not spelled G-O-D, and they don't spell go, G-O. You know, so you, you got it. We need to go because it's his instruction. It's, it's his command. It's really not an option. Sometimes I feel concerned not only about the church at large, but I feel concerned about myself thinking a lot of my Christianity and a lot of the Christianity that I see is really based on a self-centered, non-missionary faith worldview. It's about my devotions, my walk with God, my prayer requests. God bless me here, heal me there, provide for me here. Me, 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 me. And God delights in that. 
please, I'm not shaming you, but part of God answering our prayers is that we have more than enough of the joy, the love of God, more than enough to be able to give away. And his, the more we get close to God, the desire of God is that we should be feeling the desire to give him away. I want to look at a scripture here quickly, and I'm not going to read it all. Time is of the essence. But let me encapsulize, and we'll read the words of Jesus in this text. There were Greek people who came up to the, to the feast of Passover in Jerusalem, and they found Philip and Andrew, and they said to Philip, said, we, we want to see Jesus. We desire to see Jesus. And Philip told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip came and told this to Jesus. I, I, I do have to say something humorous. This phrase, we want to see Jesus, or we would like to see Jesus, uh, when I was a pastor in Minnesota, I was with the same church for 15 years. Do you remember these Dymo label tape making devices? You know, you, you, it had the wheel and the alphabet on there. Some of you who are young, you don't remember that. And you, you crimped it, and it was, a, it was a plastic tape, and the font always, sometimes it came out, you know, good. Sometimes it didn't. And, it, you know, it was all curly, and you had to unwrap it, and, you know, you put it on your shelves, you know. Put it, I put it up for all my library and, you know, for theology, and, and I put it over here, church history. So, but somebody found that, and they put it on the pulpit, we had, a, we had a beautiful pulpit in this church that one of our carpenters made. And somebody taped it right there in the pulpit. Sir, we want to see Jesus. That's the way the old King James Version reads. I know some of you don't read that. I do. But anyway, sir, we want to see Jesus. And I got up there with my Bible and my books and, you know, big pulpit. I thought I was really scholarly. A couple of translations of the Bible open. You know, I was pretending. But anyway... And I, I look down there, sir, we want to see Jesus. And I, I felt like, whoa, <laughs> I'm getting the message here. <laughs> People don't want to see human personality. They don't need that. People need to hear the gospel. They need to hear about Christ. And that, that's the important thing. The gospel is preached through human personality. Thank God for it. But... More of him and a little bit less of me. Say amen, if you follow. So they went and they told Jesus, and Jesus gave them the answer. Look at verse 23. The hour has come, Jesus said. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I say to you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. That's a strange answer. Jesus, there are some Greek folks here, and they want to see you. Why did they want to see Jesus? We can only surmise, we can only think about what they were going to be asking to see Jesus about. I believe they were asking Jesus, they would ask Jesus to come to Greece, to bring this healing ministry, to preach the gospel of the kingdom. But Jesus gave this answer, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. The hour of his death. And he said, I'm like a kernel of wheat. And unless a kernel of wheat, a seed of wheat, falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. It's necessary for me to die on the cross, to rise again from the dead, in order that I may spring forth 
in resurrection life and give the new birth and produce many more wheat seeds. And here you are if you're a believer in Christ. Somebody say something. Amen. You're a wheat seed and you are born to reproduce as a Christian. Some of you know this, that I, my, my wife and I, I, especially me, I've loved birding and we have, we watch birds and we feed them and we're enjoying hummingbirds right now so much. But we do feed the bird seed, and uh, I've learned something recent in my recent batches of sunflower seeds that these are GMO seeds. Because before, years before, we buy sunflowers by 40 pound bag, and you know, the whole scattering of all the seeds, sunflowers seedlings are sprouting up under the bird feeder. It's not happening anymore because they're selling GMO seeds. What is GMO? Of course, it's genetically modified. It's sterile. It cannot, it cannot spring into, into, into germination itself. And so I hope the birds are doing okay with their nutrition. But, <laughs> but it's, it's for the sake of homeowners that they don't have to deal with all these, these seedlings sprouting up. I'm here to tell you, you and I as Christians are not GMO Christians. Amen. Say amen, somebody. We, we are called to reproduce. And the life of God in you has been given to you to give away. And sometimes my love and my heart and my desire, even living on the mission field, sometimes living on the mission field, I thought, Lord, I want to go home and I want to eat a real hamburger. I don't want to just eat this water buffalo burger, you know. I mean, b believe me, it's happened to me. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't want to be here, Lord. I don't want to do this anymore. But if you pray for love, God will give it to you. If you pray for others and we're, we're moving on, let's talk about this quickly. Harvesting requires a season of hard work. Here's one of my little insights. It requires a season of hard work. First of all, we've got to preach the gospel. gospel. We've got to share it. We've got to prepare the soil in the hearts of other people, people you love, people are, who are family members, co-workers, neighbors, We've got to sow the, the seed in the, in the soil somehow. That's how it all starts. We have to pray. pray water, prayer waters the seed of the gospel. Here's a, here's a verse for you to write down if you're taking notes. If you're not, this would be an excellent time to start. Psalm 126, verse 6. He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, will doubtless return, bringing his sheaves with him. I think that's sort of the translation. He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed. You see, the idea, spiritually speaking, is if you've sown the seeds of faith into the lives of others, and when you're praying for them, and you feel the compassion, you feel the heart for, from, from the Lord for them, and if, if there's ever tears, it waters the seed, and it will produce a spiritual harvest. Doing, doing this requires patience. Harvesting requires patience. I remember the first times that we grew vegetables as a young married couple. We had tom tomatoes in our, in our uh, yard, and 
in our little garden patch. And I go out there, weed them, and look at them. Say, oh, well, we got a blossom. We're going to get a tomato. Get so excited. Talk about it, you know. And, and then that little tomato would form. Then it started turning a little bit color. Oh, it's getting ripe. I go out there, look at it, touch it, put my hand under it, put my, you know, just get so excited about it. And then as I was handling it, I pull it off the vine. I harvested it prematurely. How many follow what I'm saying? Are you seeing the spiritual corollary? Sometimes if we're not careful, we, we want to see this thing happen so much, we try to, to get somebody into the boat like a fish or we try to get them harvested before it's time, before they're really ripe. I remember one time Jane and I in Minnesota, we went to a lake and I saw this young guy sitting there. He looked a little bit lonely and despondent. And I sat down next to him, started sharing about Jesus with him. And I just, I just wanted him to accept the Lord. And I said to him, are you ready to pray to receive Christ? God loves you. I shared with you the gospel. Jesus died for you. He loves you. If we came to forgive your sins, if you accept him, you'll have eternal life. Are you ready to do that? He said, I, 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 I want to think about it. I was a little bit premature, you know, in trying to pick the harvest. Be patient with people. Say amen. And then we need to be on guard protecting the harvest from predators and pests. In India, one of the great enemies of harvest is rodents. Rodents will eat harvested grain. In some places, if you do a Google search, you, you'll get dozens of hits on 40%, 50% harvest has been eaten and destroyed by rodents. India, in its poverty, their harvest has been ruined. Well, the third thing to say is this. We need to see the harvest. We need to see the harvest. That means it's happening somewhere. Get your eyes. God, who's in my world who needs to come to know Christ? Who do I see who you're drawing? And let me get part, in part tied up with that and minister to them. I want to say to you quickly about myself and Jane. When I was a pastor in Minnesota, we built a, a, a ministry based on a, a missions vision that I had. I never really thought I was going to be a pastor, but I was there for 15 or 16 years at the same church. But we went down to Mexico, and I brought leaders, brought teams, brought young people. Some of them became full-time missionaries. It's really humbling. And we had gone to Mexico so much, and I, I fumbled through speaking some hard Spanish and I, you know, I mean, even today when I'm speaking Spanish with people, it's like, it's, 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 a, it's a disaster. I mean, I got to tell you. But I can communicate. Sometimes when they speak back to me, I understand 30% sometimes, especially when they speak fast. I thought we should just go down there to some way, learn the language and embed ourselves with the people. We had plans, or I had a plan to research something about going to language school uh, in Antigua, Guatemala. And you would live with a family for six weeks to three months' time. And I thought our whole family, we could do it, and we will really become fluent, and we'll have a ministry to the Spanish-speaking world. Well, somehow, God sovereignly brought a man into my life, and his name is Dennis Balcom, and it changed my life. He has labored in China, and he brought to me video ministry of the ministry in China on VHS tape. It's a long time ago. And I'm going to tell you, it ruined me. It ruined me. I watched Chinese Christians weeping. 
I watched, I watched them praying in caves. I watched them getting arrested in vid on video. I watched all of these things happening. And he said to me, I want to challenge you for the ministry in Asia. If you have a missions vision. And it just seemed almost pragmatic that Asia's 4.3 billion at that time. The largest of Asians don't know the gospel. But we went. We, we saw. And we've had, we've had the privilege to be going and living there. Go where the harvest is in your community. Ask God where it is. And here's the last thing I'm just going to say to you. The harvest is large. The harvest is plentiful. I know we have a lot of churches. I know almost everybody you meet today will say, have a blessed day. <laughs> have a blessed day. It seems like a Tennessee greeting. And, but there are people who are hurting and, and needy. But look at what, how this starts. Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. He had compassion. Love will be the motivator to share the gospel. And if you can't feel love, ask God for it. God, give me love for people. Sometimes to give the gospel away is the greatest joy of the Christian faith. I want you to stand with me and I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for this spiritual family. Would you put your hand on your heart? Thank you for this spiritual family. I thank you for their hearts and for their lives. They've loved you and honored you and served you. They've blessed my life and we've been joined together in faith. But Lord, I, I ask God that you will stir our hearts and help us to see the harvest we could lift up our eyes and see that there are harvest fields that need ministry. Lord, if there's anyone here today who does not know you, Jesus, draw them with your love. Friends, the message of the gospel is simple. Christ died for us, shed his blood for us to be forgiven and for us to have the promise of eternal life. If you've never received Christ, you need to do it. Because it's harvest time. Come to the Lord. Father, thank you for this spiritual family. And I bless everyone present here today in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the Son sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.